And welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, June 27th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. How's everyone doing? How's everyone doing? Did everyone have a great weekend? Was it a fun weekend of, uh, of Roe v. Wade? Really, was it a, was it a fun weekend of, of, of Roe v. Wade? That's all we heard all weekend long. But, but hey, look, 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 it's to be expected. It's to be expected that, um, you know, a decision that we all knew was coming because of the leak. By the way, what happened to the uh, to leaker? Does anyone know what happened to the leaker? Have we ever found out who the leaker is? Has anyone ever found out who the leaker is? I don't think they have for some reason. Now, no one asked that question. It seems like they were asking the question for like a week or two, and then they stopped asking the question for some reason. It was an important question to ask for two weeks, and then everyone everyone in the media forgot about it. So you have to ask yourself, why did everyone in the media forget about it? Really, why, why was it forgotten about? Why? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Evidently, they didn't want people to know. They didn't want people to know who the leaker was. And one has to ask why. When I believe that was the story, and so many people b- believe that was the story all along, that there should never have been a leaker. That 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 was the big problem, a leaker within the Supreme Court. There are only about 30 people who work there. So it couldn't have been – you didn't need like Agatha Christie to go in and try to figure out who the leaker was. But for some reason, that didn't matter anymore. So, of course, the decision came down that everyone knew was going to come down, that – they were going to rescind Roe v. Wade by a five to four, technically a five to four vote, but evidently possibly six to three because Roberts was kind of for it, but not really. That was kind of uh, hazy. We're not quite sure about that. But I think the official decision was five to four. Roberts wanted to make it more limiting, which is why technically he was against it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Five, four, six, three, who cares? But the fact of the matter is that we're in a situation now where – the left has gone completely insane, and we knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to happen. They were promising nights of terror. From what I understand, everything was fairly peaceful. There weren't any big, you know, like summer of 20, uh, 2020 riots kind of things. And, I, and I, that was kind of expected because of the, the, I guess, the demographic of the people that's affected, um, which is, by the way, usually, mostly big city liberals. It's mostly – that's one of my problems with this whole thing. And I'll get into the whole thing. I've talked about my, my, my pro-choice ways and the fact that I've been very consistent with the bodily autonomy, not like these hypocrites on the left with their inconsistency on bodily autonomy. But that the fact of the matter is that mostly it's big city liberals who scream and cry, right, at the gay pride rallies in the streets of San Francisco and, and Los Angeles and New York and Chicago, you don't see like uh, here. Here's the scene from Birmingham, Alabama. Okay, here's here's the scene out of you know out of Louisiana. Here's the scene out of Tennessee. You don't you don't see that. And this is why, because most of the people in those states in Missouri, Missouri as well, most of the people in those states are against abortion, including most of the women. They're against abortion. They're very religious, most of these people, especially the Deep South, and they're 100% against even the idea. The idea of abortion makes them ill. The women there will never get abortions. They won't because they are against it. Their religion is against it. They are against it. They are morally against it. They are extreme conservatives, and they're against it. And that's where these so-called you know, abortion bans will go into effect or abortion restrictions. Not – not in cities like New York or California or, or cities in New York or California or Illinois or Michigan or Oregon or Washington State where all the protests or Washington, D.C., where all the protests happen by people who are not going to be affected by this whatsoever. All of the women in those states will be able to get abortions on demand whenever they want, as many as they want. Buy three, get the fourth one free. Yet these are the people you hear complaining. And people say, and this is, makes sense to me, 
Why do you protest in the streets of San Francisco? Why do you protest in the streets of Manhattan when you're preaching to the choir? Why not go to Alabama, go to Mississippi, go to Missouri and protest there? Why? Because they'd be run out of town there. The people there don't want them there. Because these people, these supposed abortion bans and restrictions are affecting, want the abortion bans and restrictions. That's why they vote in the people who they vote If they did not like these restrictions, they would vote these people out. And that was the whole point. Forget if you're pro-choice or pro whatever you are. The point Alito made, and it was a very good point, is that the Supreme Court in 1973 had no right to make this law. They had no right to circumvent the public, the voting citizens, who can then vote people in who will make these laws or vote people out if they want different laws made. The Supreme Court is not in the law-making business. That's not their business. Their business is to uphold the Constitution. And if something unconstitutional, to knock it down. They don't make new laws. And that's what the Supreme Court did, full of hubris in 1973. When the court, when the highest court makes a law, that's called authoritarianism. When the highest court makes a law that says you, the voter, have no say in this, that's authoritarianism. That's what Alito was talking about. This, what this does, this puts it in the hands of the voters in each state. So if the voters in California want abortion on demand, they'll vote in people like Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi who give them abortion on demand. If the voters in Mississippi want restrictive abortion or if they want abortion outlawed, they will vote in governors and legislators who do that for them. That's the way it works. And if they change their minds, they'll kick them out. That's the way it works. The power belongs to the people. That's what Alito was saying. See, this is what the left, and I see I have a call. I'll get to you. Don't hang up. I just want to, I just want to end my rant <laughs> and then I'll let you talk. Um, that's what Alito was saying. He was saying, we, the court, have no right to tell the people their vote doesn't matter. And we're going to decide what the law is one way or the other. So these people who think Samuel Alito, oh, he's so anti-choice. How, you don't even know that. He could be pro-choice. You don't even know. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was 100% pro-choice, and if she was a voter in California or New York, she would vote in people who were pro-choice. She even said that Roe was bad law, that the Supreme Court should not be making the law, that it belongs in the hands of the voters. And as a voter, she would be pro-choice. But that doesn't mean she believed that the court should be able to say, we are the great nine and we will decide what the country... That's, That's what she was against. And that's what everyone should be against. That's what the Constitution is against. This authoritarianism where the, where the executive or the judicial branch can make laws and take over. They cannot. The judicial branch can't make laws and the executive branch can't make laws. Only the legislative branch can make them. The executive. Here's a little primer for people who have never taken a, a class before in history or politics. The executive branch upholds the laws made by the legislative branch, and the judicial branch decides whether those laws are constitutional or not. That's the way it works. The executive cannot make laws. That's why all these bullshit COVID regulations and laws were not laws, because the executive can't make a law. Only the legislative branch can make a law. And the judicial branch can't make a law, which is why Roe was was bad. Bad law. That's the whole point of the whole thing. The Supreme Court is not saying they're pro-choice. Or anti- That's not for them to say. And personally, you don't know what each person believes. And you're not supposed to. That's why when they are go up for the job, you can't ask them if they're pro-choice or not. That's not because that's not their business. That's not, what the, they're on the, that's not what they're on the Supreme Court for. That's not what you're putting them for, to be political, to make political decisions or to make laws. That is the whole point. This whole idea of, well, it was there for 50 years. Just let it go. It was there for half a century. Just let it go. Why revisit? They all said they wouldn't revisit it. Well, if you don't want the court, the Supreme Court, to revisit anything, blacks wouldn't be able to vote and women wouldn't be able to vote. If you say they should never revisit settled law, the Supreme Court revisits settled law all of the time. And it's okay when they revisited settled law to allow blacks to vote or women to vote. But now it's not okay that they revisit a law that was bad law. You see, that's the whole point. They are constantly revisiting laws. Constantly. And if a law is bad, it doesn't matter if it's been around for five days, five weeks, five years, or a century. It's bad law. And we had many bad laws, like I said, the ones that didn't allow black people to vote, 
Gomez didn't allow women to vote. Many, many other bad laws that were revisited and wiped out and changed. That is the whole point. I have a call from someone who just says their name is S. Just S. Let me see here. Let's allow S on and see what S has to say. S, are you there? Yes, uh, thank you. You're absolutely right uh, about, about all this stuff. And I think liberals are starting to wake up to the fact that a decent amount of their worldview is propped up by the courts, which isn't the way it's supposed to be. And finally, the arc of justice is coming around and saying whether you like it or not, it shouldn't be done this way. And even if they turn around the legislature, you know, codifies this stuff, it's good that it it was done through the proper channels. And what Clarence Thomas did was he kind of, you know, said the extension of this, which he said he's the only one that said it, but I'm sure they were all thinking of it, is that if if Roe was a bad decision because it basically made something up and it made a law when the courts are not supposed to make laws, then that's they didn't only do it once. They didn't just do it for abortion and then never do it again. Uh, they did it for a lot of these cases. And remember what, what Clarence Thomas says. He says that the court should revisit them. Not that they necessarily will overturn them, not necessarily that they'll change them, but based on this new, we're taking the court in a new direction. We are finally saying that this way of doing things is wrong. It is unconstitutional. It is not what we're supposed to be. And at the end of the day, we will gain more legitimacy by just doing our job and not doing anything more than our job. And if you think all that, then you have to look at all these other cases that were done kind of the exact same way. But the media and and the public look at it like, oh, they're coming for all of our rights. And if your rights are guaranteed by a body that has no business guaranteeing your rights, then, yeah, I guess yeah, you should be scared about your rights you know, going away because you never really had them. It's, it's still kind of a, a cheat. Um, it, it probably won't be that way, but they're trying to scare and worry and say that because of this, you can never revisit any of these cases ever again because you're going after rights. And they're trying to scare people now so the Supreme Court never does it. Well, and the fact of the matter is what really bugs me is that people, especially lately anyway, we're seeing it a lot from the left, where people say, oh, uh, you know, I don't agree with this law. I'm going to riot. Now, the fact of the matter is that it's not the, the, the law is not always going to be on your side, meaning you're not always going to agree with it. But the left seems to want to cry and scream and complain and riot and give us nights of terror when something happens that is not in their favor. And the fact of the matter is, it, the, you know, the law is not always going to be on your side. It's the law. Sometimes it'll fall on your side of the political spectrum. Sometimes it won't fall on your side. Of the, of the political spectrum. And this constant complaining, like, oh, if the law's not on our side, it's not a good law. If the law's on our side, they're a bunch of scum. I mean, this is, isn't, don't you find that childish? The fun, the funniest thing is that the institutions are broken. That, that's what they say. The first time they don't do what we want them to do, they're broken. Democracy is broken. The courts are broken. And we got to do something about it. I, I, I think it's funny that that they think like that um, and that they don't, they don't hear themselves. Well, and I think to me it's hypocritical because they're, the left has complained over and over again about Donald Trump, right? And the election and complaining the election wasn't fair and what the left likes to say, and they have a point in this. It's like, okay, if you don't win the election, it doesn't mean it was rigged. If you, didn't, you don't always have to win the election, right? The election is not always going to go your way. So they say that, but in the same breath, they also say, well – when the court decides a different way than we agree with, it's it's bad. You know, they're they're evil. We have to riot and undo this. We have to intimidate and undo this. It does. That's the hypocrisy. It's like if you believe that an election is an election, and when it's done, is done. Shut up. Then you should also believe that when the Supreme Court of the United States, which is the last word, it's in the Constitution. They are the last word. When they rule, you take it, you swallow it, you you don't act like a child, and you shut up. I think that would be the right way if you're not trying to be a total, a total hypocrite. 
I think it's worse than that. I think it's not, it's not hypocritical because they view these things fundamentally different than we view them. We view them as institutions that are set up for a reason, and they're set up for that reason. They don't think about that that way at all. They look at institution, they see their reason why it was made, and they try to, with every everything and every single level, circumvent it for their goals. So they view these things not elections. It's not that you win or lose some. They have to win every single one because if they lose one, that means their agenda is now delayed or, or stopped. And that, that can't be. So it's not hypocritical because they view it the same way every single time. So when it goes their way, it's working according to the plan. When it doesn't go their way, the system's broken. Well, and I, I think, you know, I see what you're saying, but I mean, I, I guess I'm just saying that they, they say that the Trump and the right should shut up, right? Because they, they lost the election. And, you know, I have many friends of mine on the left who say, oh, what does Trump think? He doesn't win. It means it's fake. It means it's fraudulent because he didn't win. So I, I understand that. But but the fact of the matter is then you can't say, like I say, in the same breath, that when you don't win a political – when you don't win a decision in the Supreme Court that the court's bad or, you know, they're, they're, they're extreme right-wingers, that they're, that they're a political court, they're, they're a politically activist court, as that moron Dershowitz said. This is not political activism. Political activism is what the court did in 73 when they made a law. <laughs> they made a law because it was politically expedient in 1973 to do that. And the fact of the matter is that's, that's when the court becomes a political player. What Alito is saying, and what I have to I have to say, most of the right, the, the justices picked by Republicans, especially Trump, have been very consistent on is that's not the job of the courts. It's not. We have the Tenth Amendment, and if the if the rights are not given to the federal government, they have to go to the states. And this is a states' right issue. There is no abortion in the Constitution. There's no law for abortion <laughs> in the Constitution. It's not there. The word abortion is there. They don't they don't allude to it. It's not there. So the fact of the matter is there is no constitute. They keep on saying our constitutional right to abortion was taken away. There was there is no right to an abortion. The Constitution that the Supreme Court in 73 made it a right. They made it a law. And like I said, even RBG herself said that was wrong. That was wrong. And like I said, she was 100 percent pro-choice. She I'm sure she voted for pro-choice candidates her entire life. But she still said this was wrong. And I think that's what I don't, I don't get with these people is that I think, you know, I think it is, I think it's selfishness. I think it's childishness. I think it's people not being serious adults when they want to scream and cry and outrage. We're outraged about every little thing that doesn't go their way. Isn't that what a child does? S, isn't that what a child does? Don't they take a tantrum when they don't get their way? Yep. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I do have to, I, I can only be in here for a few minutes, but thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you for your insight. Well, I thank you for calling and uh, call back again. I appreciate it. I'm going to go now. Thank you once again, S. I'm going to go right now to, uh, who's on here? Oh, Daniel. Let's make it, let's say Dan. Hey, Daniel. Daniel, you there? Remember, you have to unmute your mic, Daniel. If you don't unmute your mic, if you don't unmute uh, your mic, there you go. I'm sorry. I hit, I hit the mute button when I uh, grabbed it with my hand. Are you there now? I, I hear you loud and clear now. Okay. How was how how New York is what, uh, what I was trying to say. Well, you know, it's funny because I was going, I was, I intended to say live from New York at the beginning and I got totally, <laughs> into, I got totally into the abortion thing. I forgot. But yes, for people who usually listen to this show, it's, this is a different hour. Usually I've, I've been on at, uh, at midnight Pacific time, 3 a.m. Eastern time. But right now I'm in New York City. That's why I'm on 11 o'clock Eastern at 8, 8 p.m. Pacific. That's why I've changed the hours a little bit here. And I have been in New York for two days. And, uh, you know, New York is New York, Daniel. It's crazy here. I mean, there's, it's, I'd say it's, it's, it's much, much more active than San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, there's no – I don't think you can compare San Francisco and New York right now in this, post, in this post-COVID time i mean the tourism here the hotels are sold out tourism is hopping people are coming i'm hearing accents all over the the world again which we hadn't heard don't do this Um, yeah so i mean this is this is 
for over 50 years, the the right has been battling um, Roe v. Wade. And whether it was wrongly or rightly decided, it was decided 50, 50 years ago. And now things have shifted. Fine. It'll be sent back to the states as a liberal. I see this actually as a very good thing. Um, I don't know what other liberals, well, they're not liberals for the most part. Anyone left in the Democratic Party is an illiberal at this point. But I think most liberals would agree that it's probably a good thing that it gets sent back to the states. The states will decide, maybe at some point, if there's enough grounds, well, there'll be a constitutional amendment. Um, and then it'll be taken care of in a way that our entire country can look at and say, yes, we actually did go through this by means of proper channels. And the argument which has stood in, in conservative circles for over 50 years, which is basically that it was just simply not properly done, um, will, will be erased. And that's good. That's a good thing to have stability in our society and not having this one social um, issue. You can call it a social issue, I think. Most people have for years. This one social issue, social issue being so divisive in our country because it has defined my pretty much my entire life. This, this divisiveness over uh, abortion has defined pretty much everyone's political life in this country for the last 50 years. Well, it has. And it, that's, a, that's another point Samuel Lino made is that Roe v. Wade was supposed to make this issue go away. And it did just the opposite. Right. Exactly. There's been total unrest over the last 50 years over this. It's been worse than it was before that. So the, the point is, this is what makes it go away, is that you can vote in the people you want in your state to do what you want. And if they don't do what you want, you vote in new people who do what you want, who have the same mindset as you. And this is what gets me about the left, is that, as you know, most of them complain. They're in the, you see them in San Francisco. You see them in L.A. You see them in Chicago. You see them in New York. These people who are not going to be affected are screaming about the people who are going to be affected and the people who are affected don't don't want abortion. <laughs> that's, yeah. why, that's why they vote in the people. You know, people go, oh, my God, look at what Missouri just did. Look at the Yes, because the people in that state have been telling them if Roe v. Wade is eliminated, we want you to make abortion limited or totally illegal. That's the people they have voted in over the last 50 years. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, for uh, those that have supported uh, the poor choice position, this will get sent to the states now. And over the last two and a half years, they've made an awful bed for themselves to let the state. You got it. You got it. You got it. You know what? In fact, it was yesterday. It was today. Anyway, I'm losing. You know, when you're on vacation, you lose track of days. But yesterday, Sunday, um, I went to the uh, New York Gay Pride Parade, which is the first one that was held in, you know, since 2019. It was packed with people. And that was good to see. And I'd say uh, very few people were wearing masks, which is very was very good to see. But it's amazing. You see people marching with the signs, bodily autonomy, women, you know, women with their breasts hanging out. I don't know what that's all about. They say, what does abortion have to do? What does abortion have to do with breasts hanging out? I don't really get it. But but. It, with their signs saying bodily autonomy, and you know that 99.999% of those people were totally for forced masking and for forced vaccinations. Yes, and so they have destroyed for them. I can't. They have destroyed ally, alliances with people. I mean, for the last 50 years, I have thought very um, consciously that, yes, I'm going to support the pro-choice position because someday I may need my bodily autonomy protected. Now came a time two and a half years ago, over the last two and a half years, where I needed my bodily autonomy protected. And the Democrats were nowhere there. They were the ones that were doing it. After we had their backs for all that time, right? After we had their backs for all that exactly. time. So the so I'm still for bodily autonomy, but the alliance is busted. They can fight the the uh, illiberal women that that want this, um, that want to have that choice. They can fight the fight for themselves now. I will fight um, my fight for bodily autonomy. I will matter matter of fact amp that up, but it will no longer be connected to abortion. And Daniel, what was their what was their argument when you brought this up? Let me tell you the argument with people I people I spoke to when I brought this up. They said, "No, no, man, no, no. You don't take the vaccine, you're going to kill me. You're going to kill me. So my life is at stake." These people are so out of it. They're so blind. There's such a cognitive well, dissonance. That wait a minute, wait, wait, one second. Let me get this out. Let me just get this out. If you wanted to make the argument, the argument would be that abortion 
is a hell of a lot closer to murder than not getting a vaccine that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course, their argument that they're making was founded on something that was totally unfactual, fed to them by uh, Dr. Fauci. It's, just, it's, it's really hard for me to use the word doctor with his, his last name. Um, it may need to repeat years that uh, once we have this vaccine and then one. It is totally useless, 100 percent useless in those two regards. Exactly. So, you know, the fact of the matter is I have, I, I, like I said, you and I are on the same pages. The, the, the empathy, the sympathy I had for these people before COVID with this is now gone. It's now absolutely gone. And what they told me and what they told you and others like us for the last two and a half years was, well, if you don't like the laws in California, go to, go to the Santa's state, right? Yeah. You can go to Texas if you don't want to wear masks. You can go to Florida. If you don't want to have to get your vaccine to get a job, yes. well, now tell them, go to California, go to yeah, New York, yeah. go, to, yeah. go to Illinois, go to any of the 30, 35 states where you'd be able to get an abortion on demand. Go and, there. And that's, yeah, and, and that's what the uh, anti-abortion uh, side can say to them now, uh, legitimately, with no sense of hypocrisy. That's not what I would want to say to anybody. Um, but... The point that the biggest point that I'm trying to make here is they destroyed a valuable alliance, valuable alliance with lots of men, lots of liberal men in in every state by doing what they did these last two years. What a time to destroy such an alliance. How badly timed could, could this possibly be? It was it was it was it was very badly timed. But the cognitive dissonance with them is so great that they don't even see the. Do you understand that most of them don't even see the connection? Most of them don't even see the connection. How could you? Oh. If you if you saw the connection, you wouldn't be marching with a sign that says bodily autonomy, right? You wouldn't be marching with that sign. It's so ironic. It's so ironic, and it's not like COVID was thirty years ago. It, it just happened. We're still in it in a lot of ways. They it, they don't seem to see the connection. To me. Is that a lack of intelligence? It has to be a lack of intelligence. No, yeah, I, the problem is I don't think it is a lack of intelligence. I think it's a um, it's, it's tribalism, something that we, that you know many of us talk about a lot. And you can be very well educated um, and and actually smart, have lots of aptitude, and still be one hundred percent behind all the lockdowns and the masking and the coerced and forced vaccination simply because that is what your tribe is telling you to do. And facing ostracization from your tribe can be traumatic for some people. For me, that was my tribe, yeah, but I rejected them uh, because truth matters. Yeah, and I'm with you. You know, like I said, I was very pro-choice like Now it's just like, meh. <laughs> Twist in the wind, baby. Hey, Daniel, I got to go. I have another caller. Thanks for calling yeah. in. All right, all right. Let's go to someone who calls themselves domestic. Let's see if I can get domestic on the line here. Uh, domestic, hello. Hello, hello. Thank you for a fascinating discussion. Um, it was very interesting uh, to hear your uh, thoughts, yours and uh, DS's thoughts. Um, I just wanted to share one thing. I only have a couple of minutes, but I heard this idea. I wanted to run it by you to see what you have to say. We're giving these people too much credit. They only care about what they're told to care. Somebody told them that this is important. They're going to come out, protest for a couple of days, and then they're going to fuck off, just like they did with BLM and whatever. They don't really care. What do you think? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's this idea that this is going to last into November. There's zero chance that anyone voting in November is – zero chance. There's a 1% chance on each side that people are going to be voting one way or the other. First of all, people are going to be voting the economy, which is going to be just as bad, if not worse, than it is now. People are going to be voting for the fact that they can't get jobs. People are voting for the fact they're paying $5 a gallon for gas. They can't get baby formula. They couldn't feed their kids for two months. This is what people are going to be voting on. Right. The fact that it's so idiotic. These, these political pundits like to hear themselves talk. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you were very strongly pro-choice or anti-abortion or whatever, 
this, the decision means nothing. It's it's, it's the same. Right. The same people are going to vote the same way. If you were against, if you were for Roe v. Wade, if you were one hundred percent for Roe v. Wade, you aren't going to vote for Republicans anyway. And if you were against abortion, you weren't going to vote for Democrats. So it's this doesn't. It's not like there are people out there who are like, oh, this is the last straw. Oh no, this is. Oh, and uh, and Mike, they're going to have twenty more issues before November that are going to hit us, and there's going to cause controversy. Yes, of course. I mean, this is not, this will not affect anything at all. This is place to the tribe. It plays to the choir in both ways. doesn't matter. It's, everyone, everyone had their, drawn their lines in the sand on this for the last half century. So it's not going to, it's not going to change anything. But, but what I find interesting is that, like I was telling to, 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 to Daniel, and to the caller before that, S, is that we, we, they don't seem to get it when they, when a, a decision doesn't go their way, when a decision doesn't go their way, it's it's so childish. It's so childish to, to pout and to complain and to riot every time something doesn't go your way. These are these are, you know, these are these are people who were never taught how to act when they were children by their parents. They were never taught by their parents that everything doesn't go your way. These are the people who are always calling everyone else selfish, but they are the most selfish of all. If it doesn't go their way, it's time for rioting. If it doesn't go their way, the institution itself is rotten. To me, that is so ignorant and so childish and so unserious. Yeah. Mike, on a different topic, um, was I right that New York is much more alive than San Francisco, relatively speaking? Yes, much I, more I, I, New, York, New York is much more alive than San Francisco, but the problem is, here's the problem. And I think I, just, I, I put this on Twitter tonight. I did want to talk about it. I'm glad you brought this up because uh, I was going to talk about abortion all night. But um, I was in a, uh, a lift car tonight. And I have taken about – I don't know if people don't know this. New York City, I believe, I believe New York City is the only city remaining in the country where public transportation has a mask mandate because Eric Adams is a total fucking moron. Okay, His, his approval is 25, which is lower than Biden's for a reason. Um, he likes to show up in celebrity galas looking like a, you know, like a pimp. You know, this this is his life. He, he became mayor just so he could have a celebrity status. And he's a total schmuck um, on, on many regards, not just not just not just COVID and mass, but also the police and the crime and all that, which is going up exponentially day by day here. So New York City is the only city remaining where on public transportation, buses and subways, you have to wear a mask. There's a mask mandate. Half the people aren't doing it, but there's a mask mandate. So for some reason, and I don't, someone needs to explain this to me. How does this extend to Uber and Lyft? This, Uber and Lyft is not public transportation. You don't pay 50 bucks for a fucking ride in public transportation. In public transportation, there are people who ride with you. You don't get your own driver in public transportation. Uber and Lyft are private companies. They're not run by the city. They're not under the city ordinance. How is that public trend? This asshole driver, who I think unfortunately was Russian, and I expect I expect better from Russians. I think you understand that. But yeah. uh, said no. It's, it's public. This is public. This is public transportation. You must wear a mask. That's what he said. This, but his car was public. My, his car is public. His car that he owns. Mike, leaving public. aside this, is New York is much more back to normal, right? Leaving that aside. Well, but this is not until this goes away. This, hey, this is where San Francisco has one up on New York, right? Until this goes – remember, public transportation – forget about Uber and Lyft. Public transportation is huge here. Millions of people use it. Millions but, of people. It's not like San Francisco. But in terms of business, in terms of uh, Midtown yes, being busy – It's better. It's better. It's more active. I wouldn't put it at post-COVID active, but it's, it's certainly much more active than San Francisco. But, of course, San Francisco has about you know 600,000 people left there, and tourism is, has never been – as big in San Francisco as it is in New York City. But we have, you know, there are 8 million people here, and this is a big tourist destination, and so on and so forth. But, yeah, so the activity is, you can't compare. But I'm okay. guessing you can't compare the activity of New York and Chicago, or New York and L.A. either. You know, it's just a bigger city, and it's much more of a tourist destination. It's probably the, the first place that will come back. Tourists will come back to New York before they go back to San Francisco, especially when they're hearing about all the homelessness and all the crap. Also, also yeah. their areas are mixed. Even the business areas, people live there, right? Their downtown is not just for work. No, the downtown is not just for work. And it's mixed. And yeah, there's no question that the activity, you know, is, is, is better. But until, you, you know, once again, this is what you still have the problem of Democrats run things. And when Democrats run things, they're going to fuck it up. 
They're going to hang COVID over people's heads forever. They're going to say they can bring it back whenever they want. You know, they can put in any kind of metric they want that says, course, oh, when it gets to the point, we Right. So this is the problem. When Dem- until Democrats don't run things anymore, COVID is not totally 100% going away. And the proof is that we're in going into July of 2022, and there's still a public transportation mask mandate. No, absolutely. It's very painful that they're still doing it, especially summer. Mike, thank you for interesting discussion, for the opportunity to let me speak, Thanks. and uh, we will talk again. Enjoy your Thanks time. For Thanks for calling. Thank Appreciate you. it. Okay. Yeah, so I, I did want to make the point that I am in New York. Normally, I'm in San Francisco, and I'm in New York now doing the show. And uh, and I, you know, I had taken Lyft and Uber. Well, I'd taken Lyft about seven or eight times uh, before today, and the drivers never asked me to put a mask on. In fact, all this time of two and a half years of masking, I've only been asked to put a mask on twice in a car, once in Orlando and today, this past day in here in New York. That's it. No other drivers ever asked me to put a mask on. I was in Texas. No one ever asked me to put a, to put a mask on. This was a, this was still in the heart of, uh, this is 2020. This is still in the heart of the, of the pandemic. And they never asked me to put a, uh, to put a mask on. So the fact of the matter is that it's still lingering here. It's still lingering here. The mayor's too much of a fucking moron to realize this is pointless. He's too much of a fucking moron to realize every other city in the country stopped doing this months ago, even San Francisco, even Chicago, even Los Angeles. Um, but, you know, it, this, is, this is the usual Democrat way of we're just going to do this because we can. We're going to do this because we believe it works, even though we know it doesn't, even though all science and data and facts say that it doesn't work and it doesn't make a difference. We're going to do it because we can and because we never want to admit we were wrong. We never want to admit we were wrong. So you have a mayor who focuses more about ma- on masks than he does crime, cares more if you're wearing a mask in a subway car than if someone is raping or killing someone either in the next car over or up above in the streets. That's the problem. That's why these people must go. They must go. They must go. The fact that they're all for abortion on demand, the fact that they're all for abortion even until uh, – even when the, the, the mother's in labor and the child's halfway out. I don't know why this for some people is a good thing. But even if you think that's a good thing, they still have to go. They still have to go. All they care about is control, which is why – and I'll end on this, and I'll talk about this more tomorrow. The Supreme Court just ruled – if you've, do you remember that, that, um, that, head, that football coach who was praying – there's a football coach who decided to, to kneel down and do prayer all by himself. He never asked anyone to do it with him. He never penalized guys for not doing it. He didn't care if people kneel with him or not. But after a while, a few players said, hey, that's pretty cool. And they went out there to, I believe it was a 50-yard line, and they kneeled down with him. And the, they, he got fired. He got fired by the school for simply kneeling down in prayer. And then the school really got mad, I guess, when other players decide to to join him. So the Supreme Court took this up and the 6-3 decision decided he has to be given his job back. It was illegally fired. It's a First Amendment right. It's the right of speech. That's freedom of expression and freedom of speech as long as you don't force anyone to do it with you, as long as you don't penalize someone for not doing it. So, which is, uh, uh, it should have been nine nothing, but the three liberal justices are total fucking morons. They're the political activists. They're the ones who have uh, uh, you know a, a, the, their political ideology, and they want to bring their political ideology and everything, and they shit on the Constitution. They don't care about the Constitution. So the fact of the matter is, this is this is my thing with Democrats and liberals lately, or as as Daniel has said many times, illiberals, is that they don't like the Constitution. They'll never admit it, but in their actions, over and over again, they don't like the Constitution. They don't believe in free speech. That's why they want Twitter and Facebook to censor people and cancel people. Cancel culture is all about being against free speech. They're against free speech with this guy being able to kneel down because what they want is control. You see, what the Constitution did, people, the Constitution takes control away from the government. That's the whole idea of the Constitution. The founding fathers were brilliant enough to know brilliant and selfless enough to know. Now, look, the founding fathers could have made a constitution where they get all the control, right? Because they were in control. They were the ones writing it. We are in control and the people from and generations from now who are like us are going to be, no, they knew that was dangerous. They knew that was authoritarianism. They knew that was totalitarianism and they knew that any government like that would crumble because the people would revolt and there would be no stability. So to give us stability, they gave the people the right. They put the power in the people's hands. They took the, the power away from the federal government and put it into the people's hands. And liberals, illiberals, Democrats 
hate that because they want to control people. They want to tell people, you must wear a mask because we believe you must. You must get a vaccine because we believe you must. You must not kneel down because we don't believe in religion. We don't believe you have the right to do that. We want to tell you you cannot do that. We want to tell you to wear a mask. We want to tell you to get a vaccine. And we want to tell you you can't pray. That's what they, they want control. And they can't stand that the Constitution doesn't give them the control. It gives the people the control. I decide whether I wear a mask or not. I decide whether I get a vaccine or not. I decide whether I kneel and pray or don't believe in religion at all. Liberals illiberals, I'll try to catch myself, Daniel, when I say that, and Democrats, for sure, hate the Constitution because it takes power away from them and they get off on power. They get off on telling you what you must do. They get off on telling you you got to wear a mask until we say you don't have to, until we say you have to, until we say you don't have to, until we say you have to, like a marionette doll We have the control. You get that vaccine or you can't work. You get that vaccine or you can't feed your family. This is why there are so many air. Thank goodness on my flight coming here to New York, there were no delays. This is why there have been cancellations every day because they're they're short 1,200 pilots. Why do you think they're short 1,200 pilots? By fucking osmosis? Were they short 1,200 pilots three years ago? No. They're short 1,200 pilots because many pilots who were very close to retiring or pilots who could have retired, you know, they get their pension at a certain amount of years, but they keep working because they want to do something and it's good money. They decided, no, no, we don't have to do this. If you were in, in 30, if you were a pilot for 30 years and you could retire, why would you get a vaccination? Why would you force vaccinate yourself to keep your job? So many of these pilots, over a thousand of them who were, who could have retired, decided to retire so they didn't have to be forced vaccinated. That's why. And many employees in airlines quit because they didn't want to be forced vaccinated, customer service agents, so on and so forth. That's why there's a shortage. You won't hear the demented, the demented one, Biden, talking about that, that that's the reason for the shortage. It's like COVID caused this shortage. The, the virus is so powerful. A virus, you've seen it, right? The round thing with the spokes that come out. It's so They can force people to retire. How idiotic is that? No, the vaccine mandate is what forced them to retire. It's why we're 1,200 pilots short. It's why your flight is canceled. It's why you're treated like shit. That's why. You see? But that's what they get off on, the Democrats. They don't care about the consequences. They don't care about the consequences. They just get off. I think it's like, I'm sorry, it's almost like a sexual, sexually arousing to them to get off on this power of telling you, you must do this. And then they get power on saying you don't have to do it anymore. This was that the Stockholm syndrome, right? They get power on that. Take they get power on saying, okay, for now you don't have to do that. And then a couple of months later, put it back on again. This is this is a thing. Jerking you around left and right. That's what they love. They get off on it. And the Constitution says they can't do it, which is why they hate the US Constitution and they always have. Brady? I believe it says Brady. Brady, you're on. What's up? Hey, hey, Brady, what's going on? So I was wondering if you feel like uh, the pro-life people are sexually stimulated by the abortion ban. If the when what when what way? Uh, the same way that a Democrat would be sexually stimulated by the power of making someone else get a vaccine. But in what way? What way? What do you mean? What do you mean? Pro-life by having children born? Like, like you, you literally just speculated that um, liberals are. I'm not, I don't speculate. They, they're, they're, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not speculating. They show us this all the time with their actions. They've shown us this for COVID too. They show this when they say someone shouldn't be allowed. They should be fired if they decide to pray. That's ha- that's having control over people. In other words, I'm telling. Wait a minute, Brady. I'm telling you, I don't like you praying. And, and you, you expressing yourself the way the Constitution says you can for freedom of religion and expression. Therefore, I will fire you if you don't do as I say. So, I, I, But I want to get this straight. How is allowing a child to be born? How is not killing a child? What does that have to do with sexual arousing? I don't, I don't get it. I'm just understanding you. Well, that's uh, kind of the question I'm asking you. Um, is what, what Yeah, is then I'm saying no, they don't. That's my answer. No, they don't. Okay, yeah. yeah that's, that's it. Much more no, they don't. Do you think yeah. that um, the next step would be to force women to have sex with men? 
about how about women close their legs and men wear condoms? Let me tell you something. So what about the men who can't have sex? Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, how about this? What about the men who women don't want to have sex with? No, no, how about the men who don't get chosen for sex? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're talking. Hold on, Brady. Brady. How about men wear how about men wear two condoms? Because these same people had no problem wearing three well, wearing masks. Wearing a condom isn't going to guarantee you get to have sex. What? What are you talking about? I'm talking about men forcing women to have sex with them. Men force. In other words, you 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 equate you equate having a child born, not killing not killing an unborn child, with forcing someone to have sex. See, this is this is the no, problem. Those are two with different things. Those are two different things. What you just did is a, a straw man argument. It's not going to work, man. That's not what I said. What's a straw man argument? That's where you make an argument that's like really. No, I know what a straw man argument is. What argument am I making that's a straw man argument? I I know what a straw man argument is. What argument am I making that's a straw man argument? Uh, You claimed that I suggested that having a child and forcing a woman to have sex with you were the same thing. You said, Brady, you said, Brady, when is there a a law going to be made? Where men have to have sex with women. What does that have to do no, with abortion? That's not what I said. That's not what I said, man. All right, I'm going to ask you again. Could say it again, but be more clear this time. Yeah, I'll be as clear as I can. Um, so, do you suppose the next step would be to make a law that uh, forces women to have sex with men? No, I don't. Okay, well, why not? is that clear where I stand with that? Um, I mean, right, we're forcing a woman to have a man's child right now. So this is good for all the men who can't normally. Wait a minute. So the women have no, wait, wait, the women have no decision where women are being, wait a minute. So what are we doing? Are we, are we, are we forcing these children into women? They have no say in this whatsoever. Um, no, not, not at all. Uh, well, sometimes, sometimes women are forced. I mean, sometimes women are forced. So women are forced to have sex. So women are forced to have sex and have a child. Women are forced to get pregnant. Women are women are often forced to have sex with the very worst men that are like around on the planet, like alcoholics, you know, meth addicts. Actually, I don't know. It happens. Yeah, it's called rape. Um, no way. No, no, no. See, that's where you're wrong. See, I have never said in most most states and most legislators have never said they've made exceptions for rape and incest. And I should make that clear, by the way, if I haven't, that. Okay. Rape and incest. Well, Absolutely. Can a, a boyfriend rape his girlfriend? Of course. Well, can, can, a, can a husband rape his wife? Of, well, probably yes. Probably yes. Um, yes. Does it, does it happen? Right. Does it about. happen very often? I guess, I, guess that, I guess that no one has anything to worry about, right? Does it happen very often? Keep on getting abortions for rape cases, huh? So, so do, you, do you like abortion on demand? Uh, safe abortion on demand. Yeah. No abortion on demand. In other words, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna have unsafe sex because I fucking want to because I'm selfish and I'm gonna get pregnant yeah. and fuck it. I'll just get rid of the kid every time it happens. If it happens thirty five times, it happens thirty five. If I have to abort a child thirty five times because I like fucking unsafe sex, then I'm gonna do that. Or if um, uh, if I decide wait a minute, if I decide to abort as I'm as I'm in labor, eh, fuck that. Yeah, I'll I'll get to do that if I want. Do you think that's right? Do you have any? Do you believe in any restrictions on this? This is Sparta. What? This is Sparta. Welcome to Sparta. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry if you don't get chosen for reproduction. I really am. But um, this is Sparta. Um, we believe in in good, healthy, strong babies that don't come from alcoholics. You know. Brady, you're not making any sense right now. Hello? 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 Brady, hello? Anyway, um, the fact of the matter is, is that you can make these kinds of arguments all that you want. The people in the states will then decide. In other words, the voters will decide. If the majority of voters don't want – if the majority of voters think just like you do, Brady – if the majority of voters simply believe that a woman should be able to have abortion on demand, that there's no personal responsibility for the woman or the man, abortion on demand, of course, it's the whole idea of, of these exceptions that you talk about, like these are regular, like this happens all the time. 
oh, a woman's forced to have sex by their husband. Yes, happens all the time. 99% of marriages, that happens, right? It's such a bullshit. Of course, there are exceptions. And that's why they're called exceptions. And someone like myself, I believe that rape and incest should be an exception. I, I even believe in the first 15 or 17 weeks, it's fine. Do I like it? No, I don't like the idea at all. But I believe that this is what, this is what humans do. We come up with we come up with like ideas and regulations and like limits. We don't have to say, uh, you know, allow abortion on demand or restrict it totally. We don't have to say either of those two things. It's not. In, it, there's no need to say either of those two things. We can say, well, I believe it should be up to 15 weeks, or I believe absolutely there should be an exception for rape and incest. Absolutely. But a woman can't just have sex, wanton sex, and just claim it's rape so they can get rid of the child. That's absolutely amoral. Absolutely amoral. So you have to prove it's rape. You have to prove it's rape. You understand that? Just like if you want to have to prove something's rape to put someone in jail. A woman can't just say they've been raped because they don't like a guy's hair color or all of a sudden the guy turned them off or said something they didn't like. You have to prove it in a court of law. In order to put someone in jail for rape, it has to be proven. So you have to prove it was rape. And if it was rape or if it was incest or if it's a girl who's underage, absolutely there should be exceptions. But you see, that's where the voters will get to decide. I am a voter. That's my belief system. So I am going to elect people. I am going to elect people who have that same belief system. And if if my belief system changes, I will elect different people who have my belief system. It's, somewhere the left has a problem with putting the power in the hands of the voters. Brady, you're saying, what do I feel? I'm telling you how I feel. And this is who I'll vote for. I'll vote for people who believe in the exact same things I vote for. And if a guy's up there or a woman's up there and says, no, I believe in abortion on demand. And while the woman's uh, doesn't matter if the woman decides in labor, she, I'm not going to vote for that person. Or if there's someone who says, no, 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 totally restrictive. I don't care if it's rape. I, I'm not going to vote for that person. But that's what it calls. It call, it's, it's called putting the power in the hands of the people. What Mike Kachopoli believes doesn't matter. Mike Kachopoli gets one vote. I get what I believe doesn't matter, you see, because I'm not a power hungry leftist. I'm not a power hungry Democrat who believes everyone should believe my way. Everyone, if you, my way or the highway, my way or the riot, my way or the night of terror. You see, I don't believe in that. That's not the way it goes. The people get to vote, the majority get to rule. And if the majority rule on something and it's unconstitutional or illegal, the Supreme Court will take care of that. You see. So that's the way this works. This is the way the system of government works. We have a legislative branch. We have an executive branch. We have a judicial branch. The legislative branch and the executive branch are voted on. The judicial branch, and this is another thing the leftists have been saying for the last five days. I can't fucking stand it. They say, oh, and you see Adam Schiff, morons like Adam Schiff, who, spoke, who should know the Constitution, say things like, Unelected, five with those with those eyes, those eyes of death that he has, those freaky fucking eyes that I can't stand. He says, "Oh no, unelected, unelected, unelected justice." Well, schmuckface, that's the whole point. In the Constitution, it says they're unelected, so they don't have to kowtow to political pressure. That's the whole point of the Supreme Court. You don't want a political Supreme Court who has to kowtow to pressure. You want that in the executive branch. You want that in the legislative branch, not in the judicial branch. Not in the judicial branch. That's the whole point. Of course they're unelected. That's the way the founding fathers wrote it in for this reason. So they do not have to kowtow to political pressure. And they can simply uphold the Constitution of the United States without have to worrying about losing their job the next year. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have to you can't put term limits on justices. You come up with a flat rate, if you will, a flat term limit. Eight years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, whatever you want it to be. But in that time period, they don't have to kowtow political pressure because they have that 10, 12, 15 years, no matter how they vote. So I'm not saying you don't have to put term limits on this. I'm, I'm for term limits, actually, for Supreme Court justice. I don't think it should be a lifetime job because the presidents change and times change. And I'm all for a term limits for the judicial, for the Supreme Court. But of course, they should never have to kowtow to political pressure. They should never be voted in. But when you have, when you have people in Congress, people high up in Congress saying unelected officials as though it's a bad thing, they simply have no idea about the Constitution or they simply don't like it.
And if you don't like the Constitution, vote to get rid of it. If you don't like the constitutional amendment, you can vote to change it. That's what you do. You do what the right wing, what the Republicans have done for the last 48 years, 49 years, is they worked legislatively, they worked they worked to put in people in power who would elect the justices they want to get Roe overturned. They worked their asses off through the legislative process, through the system, not by screaming and crying and pouting and not getting their way and by threatening nights of terror, because that's all the easy way out. Scream and yell for a couple of weeks and go away like little fucking children. The hard way to do it is to spend a half century getting people elected that you want who have your mindset to do what you want. And so if the left wants this changed, they got to do the same thing. Okay. In 1973, the right didn't promise nights of terror. The right didn't loot. The right didn't burn building down. They didn't just scream and shout like children. They said, you know what? We're going to work our asses off to get this wrong. They perceived that it was a wrong to get it righted. They worked their asses off to do that. But the left is so lazy. They're so selfish. They're so childish. They just want to scream and yell and pout and threaten and intimidate. That's the problem. If they want it changed, they need to work their asses off to change it. And if they work hard, they'll do it just the way the right has been able to do this by getting the justice they want on the Supreme Court. Yeah, three justices, three justices appointed by Donald Trump. That's another thing the left complains about. Oh, three justices, three, like he didn't have the right to do that. Well, he was the president and three retired or died. So he got to do it. He didn't break the law. Trump didn't break the law in putting three of his justices up there. Just as just if three right wing justices died or retired now, Biden would have every right to appoint three justices. But the left wing talks like Donald Trump is doing something illegal by appointing three justices. Timing was just right if you're a Republican, just wrong if you're a Democrat. It happens sometimes. Some presidents get to appoint three justices. Some presidents don't get to appoint any justices. Sometimes it'll be a Democrat. Sometimes it'll be a Republican. But there's constant crying about everything. Everything. Everything doesn't go their way. They cry about. And what they've done, Brady and others listening, is make people like me who have been pro-choice for 50 years of my life, not care about it anymore, not care about their crying, not care about their hypocrisy of bodily autonomy, which they had no problem forcing a mask on me or forcing a needle in my arm, okay? Forcing a needle in my arm for a vaccine that we know now, we know for a year and a half, doesn't stop the spread, okay? Forcing a vaccine on me that did jack shit to stop the spread of COVID where people who are jabbed four times are getting COVID 18 fucking times, okay? They had no problem doing that. But now they want me to have sympathy for them. After, for all those years, I voted for the people that did it the way they wanted it done. I voted for pro-choice people. Pro-choice people. Since I'm 18 years old. And yet when it comes time for them to back me on the bodily autonomy, they say, oh, go fuck yourself. Move to Texas. Move to Florida. Well, like I said, like I said, and this also goes to your point, Brady. I've been pro-choice all my life. So I agree with a lot of what you're saying. But I don't care anymore. They've lost an ally. This is why many people who've been Democrats their entire lives, like Elon Musk and others, are going to vote Republican for the first time this year. Because they have lost the left with their wokeness, with their political correctness, with their hypocrisy for, for two and a half years over COVID. And they have lost people. They have lost us. And that's their fault, not our fault. Take responsibility for something. That is their fault that this happened. It's their fault they're going to lose in November. It's their fault all they have are wedge issues. All they have are wedge issues. All they have are guns and abortion. And what, what, Are they going to bring back the death penalty again? Are they going to bring back the debate over the death penalty? That's the third wedge issue. We're, that that that's due to come back. Death penalty is due to make a comeback. That's all the left has. All they have are, or they have a guns, abortion, and death penalty. That's all they got. Because they can't talk about the economy. Because they can't talk about gas prices. Because they can't talk about inflation. Because they they can't talk about all those airline pilots they forced to resign, and now the airlines are fucked up. They can't talk about any of this stuff. 
So they have to constantly go to wedge issues. And the left is as happy about this as anyone. The left is happier about this than anyone else. And you're saying, well, how is that possible? They didn't get their way. But they made they were able to make it a wedge issue again. They were able to bring it back in because it's like a Hail Mary pass for them in November, which is not going to work. Which is why they never want this settled. We'll talk about this more tomorrow. I'm going to end the show in a few minutes. But the Democrats, they talk about codifying Roe. They had, over the last half century, they've had control of the White House and Congress several times. They've had super majorities. They're full of shit. They don't want to codify Roe because then the issue goes away. They want this issue to keep coming up so they can use it as a Hail Mary pass when everything else isn't going their way, like this year. So they are totally full of shit, the left. They're totally full of shit. They had their chance to codify Roe. And they never did it. But now, of course, it's another election issue again. So Pelosi can raise money off it. Pelosi can raise money off of codifying Roe if they just get their Democrats in the Senate. And she's so full of crap. Because Nancy Pelosi doesn't want this issue to go away because then she can't make it a wedge issue. She can't raise money off it. She can't try to win elections off of it. They had their chance several times since 1973. And they never did it because... They don't want to do it. Brady, call back tomorrow if you want to talk. We're going to do it once per show. You can call in once per show. So, like I said, I'm in New York, so this show will probably not be the same time every night. But if you look on the calendar on callin.com, and it seems as though the earlier I do the show, the more callers and listeners I get, which of course makes perfect sense. But uh, while I'm in New York, it's not going to be a totally set schedule the way it usually is when I'm in San Francisco. But everyone listening and calling and S and DS and Domestic and Brady and everyone listening, thanks. Thank you. And thanks for listening to Unless Be Heard. I'm Mike Chopley. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. See you tomorrow.